this is our sixth episode here right yeah it is wow oh yes we have come a long way from making our pancake i think <laughs> i think we could make two pancakes together now at the same time yeah two pans on the, <laughs> on the burners at the same time we're not multitasking multitasking a little bit <laughs> <laughs> today we're discussing the top reasons to use a bi tool the next on our list uh you know in terms of um looking at a good bi tool is data is easily accessible so it goes without saying right cloud has really helped this uh, initiative of moving data to you know back and forth between bi tools and and so on versus you know being on premise but yeah i think i think you have some points here uh peter that you want to share yeah i think now I, we mentioned it on the first point that bi tools are really good consolidators of varying data sources. Uh, and to go back to the data maturity point of view, again, this is level one, um, all about your data. And it's that there's two points of this for me in terms of access and whether it's easy or not, is the inflow of data. So I'm talking about the consolidation, I'm talking about connectors. So connecting um cloud data sources whether it be an on online website online application apis web services or odata uh, or different data streams you can bring all that in and combine it with on-prem data so you might have um say for example if your eip is on the cloud um but your your targets, your revenue targets are in some CSV file or Excel file um, on your network drive. Power BI, I keep saying Power BI, I shouldn't. Uh, BI report is specific for that where you can merge the two together. So mm. it's a great consolidator, which means your access to having all of the necessary bits and pieces of, of a company into one place is so much easier um, than, it, than it was before we had BI tools. Mm -hmm. So I think from an inflow point of view, bringing it all into one place um, is great. Uh, or should I say connecting it all into one place? Because remember, right. as we yep. said with um, Excel, you had to actually bring the data into the file. You don't mm -hmm. need to do that with, Power, uh, with Power, BI tools and the Power BI Platform tools. apps. Right. They can stay where they want. Mm -hmm. um and then you bring it into into one you bring place it in. yeah. um i mean the dream is to probably have this um done through you know if you if you had a data engineer that can take all these and put them into um one database somewhere in a data mm -hmm. warehouse that's already gone through a certain amount of cleansing mm -hmm. and then point your bi tool to that uh because the last thing you want to do is start pulling large amounts of data from your live ERP. Uh, yeah. You could, you could crash the thing, but um, sure. that as an aside, I think the inflow is much easier to access now. Um, and on the other side of things, the outflow is much easier. So we're talking about accessibility of the reports that BI tools can generate. So you think about all the different departments you might have, you'll have in-house teams, 
you'll have remote working, especially now since COVID, a lot more people are working remotely. Um, you might have field agents, you'll have um, sales managers that are on the road. Mm-hmm. They still need to access reports, their own KPIs. Um, or even if they go into a customer visit, they might want to pull up data about delivery performance mm-hmm. or whether there's been any complaints. And of mm-hmm. course, if you've got your BI tool connected to your sales and invoice lines for delivery performance, connected to your CRM um, for maybe quality complaints, you can mm-hmm. bring all that into one report. So the outflow of data in terms of ac- accessibility is greatly improved with a BI mm-hmm. tool. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, those, those are two very interesting um you know, um, scenarios there, the inflow and outflow um, of, of that data and who the users are, the audience for the power or the BI tools itself, which is, which is, uh, you know, in this, in this day and age, absolutely critical. It's absolutely critical. Um, if, if there was one thing, right, in this, in this specific uh, point where data is easy accessible, one area of concern for companies that are rolling out BI tools should be security. With all this data that is, you know, available now, you know, it's, do you have the right users looking at it? Maybe you don't want all the users looking at it, right? Or, you know, is, is you know, for example, let's say you create a financial report, Power BI financial report, where you're doing maybe some sort of pro- Pro, pro, pro-rated sales analysis on your financials and your revenue account, right? You can see cost and sales, you can see margin. Maybe you don't want some people looking at it. And that's just internally. What about externally? What if, what if, what if somebody left their laptop on or somebody left their phone just on the table and, you know, you happen to be next to your competitor and they open up the Power BI report and they see some of your information, right? Like, I think that's a risk and you have to be careful there in terms of um, how easy is it to access? Is it too easy, right? And what type of security mm. should we add around this, essentially? Yeah, I think that's a really important point because you've got to be careful. Now you're talking about access control. So you've given everyone access. And if you don't do that carefully and managed, you end up giving everyone everything, yeah. <laughs> which is going too far in the other direction. Mm-hmm. So, of course, as you said, like you might not want to have sales volumes and margin on the same report. Right. So if you've got a field agent going out on a customer visit and they go, oh, yeah, can I have a look at how much volume I've taken over the last six months? They go, yeah, no worries. I'll screenshot this really cool looking dashboard for you. And it's got their margins on there. Right. Like, can you imagine that? Oh, my God. Yeah. Or well, they didn't drill yeah. down. It's got their competitor on there as well on their margin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and sometimes you know, some some companies do. I'm you know, I've come across some owners before. They don't want even their users putting in like the sales orders or um, creating purchase orders to know what their margins are. You know, or you know, uh, maybe what they're buying something for. Maybe you know, potentially you know, things like this. Like it gets very sensitive. So you got to be careful. Uh, you know, you run the risk of, you know, when you deploy a BI report and there's no thought put into security, uh, who needs to see yeah. what, because that data is going to be exposed. 
Yeah, and I think again, if you want to separate that, these out into the two sides, it's it's internal and external for me. So it's the people inside. So you can you can do that through RLS if you put mm-hmm. some kind of um, row level security on your database, like governing who can and can't view or modify or access or uh, you know whatever to um, data tables. That's from an internal point of view, mm-hmm. which can help mitigate some um, potential ex- potential risks, and also external, as you right. said. So, right. Right. so I guess this is uh, we mentioned it when we were talking about the advantages of moving onto a cloud. Now, if you're publishing your reports online, what does that mean from a point of uh, security for outsiders that shouldn't be able to access it? Mm-hmm. Now, I guess that probably wouldn't be too much of an issue, given that a lot of these BI tools are managed on their own clouds, or at least using AWS or Azure. Mm-hmm. So you're already protected through um, mm-hmm. Amazon security or Microsoft security, or whoever's uh, cloud right. infrastructure you're using. So it's probably not as much of an issue, but right. the point still stands. If you've got a field agent that's sitting in a Starbucks and he's left his laptop open, because he can now ex- he can now access the report wherever in the world, and he's just left it there. Yeah, your um, your security on your database, or the security on your cloud, like it doesn't matter how much your data is encrypted, if the guy's just going to leave his laptop unlocked sitting there. Yeah, <laughs> while he exactly. goes and gets another coffee stirrer, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. mean anything, does it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, probably the last thing they want to happen is their customer that look peeks into the Power BI report, maybe see some of their costs. I don't know. Uh, they're like, wait a minute. Um, yep, that good, great, great um, kind of uh, you know points there. So number four, we have increased productivity and collaboration. So this itself is a huge benefit, right? Uh, out, uh, of this is I would say maybe the result of yeah. rolling out a proper BI strategy. This is the result ultimately. Saving time, saving money, right? For everybody in the company, uh, organizations, increasing your margins essentially, right? This is how you measure success, I think, from a Power BI deployment perspective. So um, increased productivity and collaborations, Peter. Yeah, so there's a few things in here. I guess from a productivity point of view, um, BI tools tend to take the mundane repetitive tasks off um, the resource so you can better allocate people that could probably be doing better things for the company so Mm -hmm. if you've got someone that's stuck there updating an excel report like once a week for a sales meeting where they're copy and pasting data from their erp into the raw data worksheet for their excel thing and then redo the pivot tables it's just a nightmare like just automate that stuff. Yep. Just get it off yep. someone's desk. And that's what mm-hmm. BI does. Like once that dashboard is made and it's pointed to the source, of course, I'm assuming you've already done the data cleansing and um, there's no way of putting in bad data or missing data. Like once that report or that dashboard is built, it's just a simple case of hitting that refresh button. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or just getting that's the that. report to run. If, if you're going to host, host it on a service, Yep. Just get it to run every day. And mm-hmm. it's like done. All of that 
repetitive tasks, they're just gone. Mm-hmm. Data prep, formatting data of data, refreshing of data. Like mm-hmm. the productivity gains you can get for getting that off someone's desk. You'll easily get that paid back very quickly. Level three of data management maturity is leading with data. And that's the hardest to get to because level one is getting your data, getting it all together, it's qualified, it's in central location. Um, level two is about scaling data, um, creating systems that might then go on to support machine learning, all that kind of stuff. But level three of maturity is all about leading with data. And this is the hardest because this is where your counter argument to this comes into play because you think with all the flashiest dashboards there yeah why do we need to talk to each other i know what my kpis are this automated bi tool updates on the hour every hour i don't need to have a meeting anymore and i think Mm -hmm. this is the leap between having this as an infrastructure and then being able to lead with your data and you can only mm-hmm. do that when you're actually speaking openly with others, having those meetings, having those get-togethers. Because as much as the data can be one source of truth, um, it's not always a good thing if everyone agrees with each other. Because if if we all just agreed with each other, we'd never get differing opinions. You know, sometimes you need that tension between people that might have differing uh, opinions on how to to proceed with an issue or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful. And this is, this is the point here that you still need to really create a community around your data, mm-hmm. create the environment where people can collaborate and speak openly about the data. Mm-hmm. The end goal isn't to have a flashy dashboard. Mm-hmm. The end goal is getting people on the same page, collaborating with each other, mm-hmm. actually speaking, you know, Totally. And deciding the way forward for the business. Yeah. Like the dashboard can't decide the way forward. It can give you insights and potentials or potential pitfalls if you if you do nothing. Like it can give it, but if you don't act on it through engagement yeah. with employees, there's no right. point in doing any of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That that's a, that's an important one because that's almost like the intangible, right? Because you could you could you could measure the data and stuff, but the intangible is what's going on in here. Everyone's talking together, um, and 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 bringing that data to life, not just the one person. But uh, you know, the fifth and final point here, um, which is probably on every company's mind, right? When anytime you're doing a, rolling out a new technology, is budget, right? And budget, you know, because the tool has come so far. Business intelligent tools have evolved and evolved and like everything else as technology matures, price kind of drops, right? This is so accessible to everybody. We're, you know, budget really shouldn't be an issue anymore. Yeah. Um, the entry level in terms of cost for BI tools in some cases are free. Mm. There's no upfront cost at all, apart from a couple of hours out of your day. Right, um, right, right. I think Tableau... Uh, and Power BI, if we were to face them two off against each other, they are both have a, a free tier. Mm-hmm. I think yep. Tableau, is, Tableau is a little bit more restrictive, but I know mm-hmm. Power BI, you can just 
Google download Power BI and you can have Power BI desktop. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, the limitations are often around cloud services, so you might not be able to publish your data. But um, in terms of actually getting going, it's a very low cost to that. A couple of hours of a couple of YouTube videos, downloading Power BI, hooking your data mm-hmm. up, off you go. It doesn't cost a lot. Mm-hmm. Scalability might be an issue, depending on volume of data and right. um, number of employees. If you're multi-site, um, how often it needs to refresh. Um, you know, then you're talking about hosting it on cloud. So um, you got a bit of an issue there. If you've got a load of field agents, they all have to have their own license, and you know that's where you start right. to get the costs. But I think mm-hmm. the fact that the initial entry, there's no barrier in terms in terms of costs here. Yeah, I totally agree. Agree. If we were going to do a con here on the cost side, you know, the, the thing that I have is the, what I can think of is some BI tools are not open platform, meaning that you can't just assume that you're going to integrate to all your databases that you're using for your business. Okay. Um, there might be some restriction there. And if that's the case, and there's a specific BI tool you like, right, there's going to be additional costs. So really do your homework, find a tool that's going to be compatible, more open to additional platforms and things like that, right? Make sure there's cost, uh, um, you know, advantages over there uh, for you to bring all those other databases in to see your data more in a 2D model, essentially, or 3D model, right, within, you know, the BI tool itself. So, um, you know, I thought that was an important point that, you know, not all BI tools are the same. And it's important to understand the capabilities of the unique tool that you're looking at to ensure that it's going to be compatible to all the different data sources you're looking to use it for. Eventually, you will see good ROI. So mm-hmm. I know um, I've seen um, there was a study done by Nucleus Research. So I think they started it in 2006. They got, um, I think it was 60 companies and had a look at their numbers of before and after they mm-hmm. put a BI tool in place. For example, in 2011, so this was um, five years after their first study, it showed that their, the average ROI was $10.66 for, for every dollar invested. And then in 2014, $13 for every dollar invested. Wow. So just in three years, you've had wow. like... Um, a massive increase. Um, Unfortunately, the study didn't continue, but I'm sure in 2023, um, I I wouldn't imagine it's exponential, but I certainly think it would have grown from there. Most of our customers um, almost have, you know, BI included in their package, essentially now, because it's just so useful um, and and really gets, you know, the, the, the company to take, take on their data now, not just looking at it from a generic system standpoint, but that data is coming to life using BI. And then they ultimately they make better decisions in their ERP system or management system that they're using. So yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. I think, you know, all these different points, you know, are, are you know, very important and should be considered in uh, any company looking to evaluate, you know, BI as part of their business technology stack. Um, and if there's anything that we did not you know, add, please add it down in the comments. We'll love to, to hear about it. And, and maybe we'll talk about it on our next session, essentially. But um, Peter, this has been pretty amazing. 
there's probably so much more to discuss on each one of these points, but um, I, th I thought we were, uh, you know, we, we hit the right, right amount of information, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. I think I might have to go through and like beep out the bits where we said power before saying BI. Yeah. And I yeah, don't want yeah, Microsoft yeah. to think like we might have to go after Microsoft and get some commission on this, but I might have to just go through and uh, beep out the power. There's lots of BI tools out there. Let's not, beep, don't all beep, jump on beep. that. <laughs>